Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Power Rangers! <laughs> Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 18 of the Jetman with a Golden Gun, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Chojin Sentai Jetman. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing pretty well, man. I was just thinking about how time flies, that we're already on episode 18 of Jetman with a Golden Gun. Oh, dude, I know. I it think just, this is our... Is this our 70th episode of this show? It might be. I Like, the weird thing to me is that now... Like, it, on one hand, it sort of feels like we just started Jetman. But I was in the car the other day, and I was like, I'm going to go back and listen maybe to one of the old uh, Live and Let Die Ranger episodes. And it seems... It seems like a lifetime ago... Not it really actually. does. I was because I was yeah. I was, was thinking like, about it the oh, other yeah, day. Because right. uh, the you know like we we've been Star Wars has been heavy on the brain. So I was thinking about that ep- those episodes that were basically just Star Wars from Die Ranger. <laughs> right, right. And like we were doing those about a year ago, but man, like it feels like a lot longer ago. Yeah, I actually I know this is weird. I kind of forgot just how much I liked Die Ranger. Oh, dude, Die Ranger is great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying awesome. Jetman, but like I kind of miss Die Ranger. Right, I am. I had the exact same thought. I was Jetman is really good, but I kind of miss Die Ranger. How great would it have been if season two of this show would have just been us going through Die Ranger again? <laughs> we should do that. We should do like a recap episode at some point and just go back and watch like one or two of the craziest episodes that we remember out of Die Ranger and kind of do them. As like a retrospective. Uh, actually, Matt, speaking of Die Ranger, uh, it does to continue to have uh, an influence on our show. That's because, true. Well, because Shining because in the Heavens, Dave, there are still five stars. Still five stars! And would you like Amazing. to know... Oh, yeah. If you if you are like new to the show with Jetman, the reason that we say Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars... Uh, well, yeah, we probably... That is from Die Ranger. That's that was like what the Die Rangers said right after they uh, transformed. Yeah, we probably should have explained that at some point in the past. Probably, but hey, yeah. So, Matt, uh, what is our first star of the week? Okay, Dave, our first star of the week is another podcast, and it is one that uh, does not. I think it's going. Well, okay, it claims it will be updating again semi regularly. Uh, All right, he said. Like, think about how often you would like it to update, and it won't quite be that much, but it will update again, like, more than once a year, which is what it's been doing. Uh, it is the uh, Tom versus Comics podcast. Oh, is it like Tom versus the, the Flash? And Yeah, it was originally like Tom versus the JLA, and then Tom versus the Flash, and Tom versus Aquaman. Uh, he did like a week of Jimmy Olsen episodes a few years ago. Uh, and he kind of is doing with old comics... Like, what we do with uh, Super Sentai. Like, he just sits down with an issue and goes through it. It's great. It was one of the first podcasts I really got into. And, like, dudes, 
Like, go back. Like, they're all still up there. Like, there were, I don't know, 300 episodes or something before he stopped uh, updating regularly. Yeah, I have listened to uh, I've listened to a number of his episodes, and he is hilarious. Uh, and so I just left him in my subscription feed, and like a week or two ago, a new episode popped up, and it is Tom versus the Secret Society of Supervillains. Right on. So That's it's like you know Captain Cold and Mirror Master, and uh, I think Grodd's in it. Sinestro, I think, is in it. Um. I forget everyone who is in the like original Secret Society of Supervillains, but it is that book. Oh, t- dude, I don't remember. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. I mean, understandably, he did like a bunch of episodes and wanted to take a break. But oh, yeah, that like, dude I think is he had a kid and went to grad funny. school or something. Like, I get it. Ah, good for him. But I am super glad that he is uh, putting out new episodes again. <laughs> you know, actually, speaking of, that actually leads us really well into our uh, second. Star, like how I said that, as though this wasn't pre-planned. Um, we don't generally talk about like a ton of comics in depth, just because there's a bunch of dudes on the internet that do that, and they do it really well. And you know, you can you can listen to them, but we gotta talk about Secret Wars. Yeah, we we were debating not talking about it because, as you said, like. Guys, if you want to listen to a comics podcast, like there are some really good ones out there that you should be listening to. I think right. I've recommended a few on this show before. Um, but as I've mentioned, we get our comics from Marvel Unlimited. So we are like, if you are really excited about all like our hot takes on six months ago's comics, uh, here you go. Yeah. So uh, Secret Wars, if you are like just not a comics person at all, uh, this actually might be a little bit more fun for you, sort of, because you don't already know what's happening. So Marvel Comics publishes, you know, like a friggin ton of comic books. But they also, as you are, I'm sure, aware, make movies and TV shows and all sorts of other stuff. And their goal is that they realize that there's kind of all these different kind of comics continuities and so they decided like all right we are gonna do kind of a shake-up and we're gonna bring sort of everything in line together so the movies match the comic books a little more and there's not like different alternate reality comics that we're publishing we're gonna kind of mash it all up but they they came up with a fantastic way to do it. Here's what they're doing. The whole multiverse, like everything that Marvel publishes, like the entire multiverse is being destroyed in comics. And somehow that I'm not totally sure of, Dr. Doom, Dr. Victor Von Doom, like Supreme Despot of Latveria, which is fictional nation, manages to hold the whole shebang together and, like, mash it all, like, he grabs, like, bits and pieces from all these different multiverses and kind of jams them up into one giant world called Battle World. Yeah, and Battle World is broken up into, like, segments, and each segment is, like, radically different from the other ones around it. So, like, one of them is, like, Age of Apocalypse. One of them is Days of Future Past. One of them is... Like planet, these are all like, and, like giant all these different events, like big storylines that Marvel has done over the years. They are like those different segments of Battle World are based on those comics, and I like those ones. But the ones I like even better are they. 
are the ones where they just gave the writers like completely free reign to come up with just some absolutely bonkers ideas or like treatments, I guess, for new or, or like for old superheroes, like kind of mashing people up in ways that you've never seen them before. So like Shang-Chi. Oh, Master dude, of I was going to talk Fu. about this one. Master of Kung Fu it's was great. So good. First of all, I love Shang-Chi. Like Shang-Chi Master of Kung Fu is awesome. Um, but like Shang-Chi is now like fighting the Iron Fist, but like the X-Men are there, but they're like, they have like Kung Fu X-Men powers. Um, let's see. There's a whole world where just everyone's a Hulk. Like everyone, there's no non-Hulks. Everything is a Hulk. Uh, there's another one called A-Force, which is all of Marvel's like most famous lady superheroes. So She-Hulk, uh, Lady Thor is in there. No, Lady Thor isn't there because the Thors are like Doom's police force, like his dimension-spanning police force. Uh, Dazzler, Captain Marvel are all there, and they run a sort of like Amazon kind of society, which I thought was really fun to see all of them together. Yeah, dude. And then there was Ghost Racers, where it's all the different Ghost Riders are forced to <laughs> oh race in the Coliseum, <laughs> and the <laughs> Phantom Rider the is like a centaur with like chain guns on him somehow. He's a ghost. Well, okay, he's like an old dude, but then they like. Uh, they're no longer spirits of vengeance, they're spirits of ignition, and so he becomes possessed by the spirit of ignition and turns into, like, a ghost zombie centaur with chain guns on the side. Yeah, dude. Who is also wearing, like, a Civil War uniform. Um, Comics, everyone! Gosh, which... uh, um, Listen... Secret Wars well, is like, great. We don't need to talk about all of All them. the X-Men ones are really just... good, like, Inferno is super good, X-Men 92 was great. Yeah! Uh, Dude, I just, like, all of this stuff is super fun, and, uh, like, there was a period in my life where I just wasn't reading a lot of comics, because, like, you know, like, I just didn't have a lot of money. It's hard to keep up uh, on. Yeah, but, like, Marvel Universe, like, seriously, if you did comic books and, like, you don't have the money, Marvel Universe is the way to go. Marvel Unlimited. Uh, it's like, sorry, Marvel Unlimited. It, it, yeah, the fact it's that like, DC does not have, like, a competing service is insane to me. All right, listen, um, it's sort of insane to me, except that I am pretty convinced at this point that DC will make the worst possible decision uh, at basically every turn. But I understand that DC books have gotten really good again in the last couple of years, but I'm honestly just not willing to like expend the money on the individual issues to try it because it got yeah. burned so bad with the new 52. Hey, listen, man, like, I am all for uh, jumping back in, but like you, like, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on it if it's not actually going to be cool. So, listen, if somebody out there has, like, a great jumping in point for DC, like, holler at your boy. Like, I definitely want to know about it. I love Superman. And I hear that Superman's good now. I don't know where I should read it, uh, and I don't want to try to dig up back (laughs) issues. I really wish I could just give DC, like... 60 bucks a year and read all that stuff. Yeah, that would be great. I would do that. DC, if you're listening, uh, get on it. Just get on it. Up your game. It's 2016. Up your game. So, Nick, we spent the last few minutes talking about comic books. Uh, Let's get back into an area of our more particular expertise. Let's talk about some food, Dave. What is our third star of the week? So, stay with me here. 
Uh, our third star of the week is a dish called burrito casserole. Okay, this sounds suspiciously like something you would get at a summer camp cafeteria. Yeah. Which does not mean that it sounds uh, bad. I was going to say, that's true, but don't count that against it. Think of burrito casserole as like, it's like a Mexi-style lasagna. Like if you had an, like an Italian dad, but maybe like a Mexican mom... And your dad was like, I love lasagna. And your Mexican mom was like, mm, I understand that, but like, I don't understand how to work with Italian flavors. This is what she would make. So it's just, uh, it's like salsa instead of tomato sauce. Okay. And it's tortillas instead of pasta. And then there's like refried beans, uh, rice, salsa, and then like maybe a little bit of meat if you're so inclined, uh, and then some cheese, and then you just kind of repeat that. So it's like, like I said, it's like a lasagna-style layered dish, and then you throw that bad boy, you just fill the pan up. Uh, Heads up. I say fill the pan up. Let me just caution you. You do not want to get like a real big pan. Uh, You need to be careful with burrito lasagna, like burrito casserole, rather. Uh, It's delicious, it's delicious. I don't want to say it isn't. It's real. It's almost. It's too delicious. It's dangerously tasty. Dude, you said this sounds like the like product of um, a family with Italian and Mexican parents. What it sounds more like to me is a bachelor who like really wants lasagna, but looks in the fridge and is like, oh, <laughs> all I have is tortillas and salsa." I might have some like frozen meat in my freezer if I am lucky. What can I make with this? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's also fair. But listen, uh, burrito casserole is straight up delicious. Uh, it's way, like it seems, it's better than it seems like it should be. It doesn't take long to make. Uh, we made some when uh, we had some friends over, and then we ran out because, like, there were leftovers. Because, like, trust me, there will basically always be leftovers because it's like bean lasagna. Right. Uh, <laughs> there were leftovers, and we we're just like, mm, we're out of burrito casserole. We should probably make some more. So, uh, yeah, burrito casserole, it's fun and it's delicious. And that's uh, that's my that's food news. Food news from Dave J. Dude, speaking of food news, uh, you know what I've been jamming on recently? Uh, uh, no, actually, I don't. Uh, we so we all went to a like this big uh, Asian supermarket. Oh yeah, when mom and dad were in town. Yeah, right. and I have no idea what to do with like kimchi and dried fish, but what I do know what to do with <laughs> is uh, like weird imported like super ramen. Oh, yeah. And dude, I picked up listen, some of that, too. Like, I used to eat ramen a lot because, like, I used to be a teenager. Oh, uh, no, 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 Well, okay, yeah. I mean, you can't eat it a ton as adult because it's super unhealthy. But ramen is delicious. Right. But the problem is, like, the ramen, I, I always thought that I liked ramen. Uh, it turns out that I really like ramen. Uh, it's just that the ramen that I had as a kid, because that was just, like, you know, the ramen that was around, yeah, uh, right. is garbage ramen. Like, I was eating yeah, some of this, uh, this imported ramen, and dude, it's got, like, three separate flavor packs, one of which has, like, dried vegetables in it. What? Yeah, man. I got one. I didn't. I haven't had that. I got one that was, like, a green curry sauce, and it had, like, powdered coconut milk in it? Yeah, dude. Like, ramen is the real deal. 
Like, yeah, well, listen, listen I, uh, I am now gaining an appreciation for the ramen nerd from the cup noodle dimension episode. I was just going to say, like, it's not without reason. This dude is just super into cup noodle because it is tasty. Now, I kind of want to try little Akko now that I, like, really understand a little bit more the depths to which or the heights rather to which ramen can rise. Yeah, I mean, you know, it will take control of your body, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's also apparently super tasty, so... You know, that's a, it's, you an know. Even, it's an even blend. It's an even trade. It's an e- Yeah. Okay, so Dave, what <laughs> is our uh, fourth star of the week? Oh, okay, so fourth star of the week is... I was over at some friend's house, uh, Bill, Bill, who's been on the show before. Hey, Bill. Uh, and we played a new game that he had just gotten. It's called Dead of Winter. Okay, and tell me about it this. It is crazy fun. So it's a cooperative board game, and it takes place during a zombie apocalypse, right? But but it's not just a zombie apocalypse. It is a zombie apocalypse in the you guessed it, dead of winter. Ha ha. Uh, so your like zombie survivor group. I mean, you're not you're not zombies. You're surviving. Right. You see what I'm saying. So <laughs> I gotcha. your survivor group has to deal with not only the undead horde, but also the brutal winter of wherever it is that you're supposed to be living. Sounds like a cheery game. Uh, it's, it's not. It's not. But it's super well designed. Like, you've got a base, and you've got to get, like, food and medicine and stuff, but when you use the food and medicine, there's, like, garbage left over, and you got to clear the garbage out, or your base gets really gross, and your people lose morale. Wow. You have to, like, venture out into, uh, you know, the various surrounding structures. There's, like, a hospital and a police station and stuff to find supplies. And then each game, this is the really cool part, is there's a deck, and I think it's, like, 20 different scenarios that say, like, okay, for this game... You have to, you know, find 50 medicine or whatever, or you have to, like, kill X number of zombies, or you have to find X number of survivors. And so the game's, like, it's built on a kind of core mechanics, but each game is slightly different. Okay. So you can, like, it's got a lot of replay value. Yeah, it's got a ton of replay value. And the other thing that I really, really dig about it, now, we did happen to win both games yesterday, uh, the first one we won like pretty handily, and the second one, because it's a cooperative game, so it's like you and all the other players kind of versus the game, right? I always prefer so a game this, like that, honestly. Yeah, I really dig those, and there's not there's not enough of them, in my opinion. But anyways, dude, the second game, we won by the skin of our teeth. Like, it was literally down to like the last card on the last turn. And uh, our friends were telling us that they you win the you lose the game rather as often as you win it, which is great. Not not that like it's super fun to lose, but if like you win a game every time, it's kind of like you know like why are you playing really? Right, right. So it's just it was a super fun game, and I wanted to talk about it. So it's called Dead of Winter. I thought about buying a copy, but like Bill already has a copy, so it seemed a little bit redundant. Right, you're probably going to be playing with him. Play so. games with. Yeah. So uh, it's super fun, and people should buy it. Right on. Yeah. So uh, what, Matt, is our fifth and final Star of the Week? Dude, okay. So the new Super Sentai series is starting up. Oh, 
that's right. Yeah, I remember you were going to talk about that a little bit ago. Yeah, it's called uh, Zhuoja. Zhuoja. Uh, okay. Z y u o h g e r, which Ooh. apparently means something like Beast King something. All right. Uh, that sounds so animal based. Yeah, I'm it, assuming. it's an animal based one. It actually looks a lot like. Okay. Initially, when I saw pictures of it, it looked a lot like a redo of Sun Vulcan. Okay. Because you've got, like, an eagle, a shark, and a... Well, it's not a panther. It's a lion. Uh, But, like, the yellow... Like, the red, blue, and yellow look very similar to the red, blue, and yellow of Sun Vulcan. Got it. And there's also a green elephant and a white cat. Or, like, a tiger. Okay. Awesome. Um, uh, And I was like, okay, that looks... Cool, like, I guess. Like, the helmets looked cool, the costumes looked a little weak, uh, but, you know, whatever. And I was sort of waiting on new news for it. And then I saw pictures of what they looked like out of their suits, and Dave, I'm going to send you a picture right now, and I want you to look at it. Okay. Because the Red Ranger is just a dude, but all of the other Rangers are, like, I think they're called Geomans? Oh. <laughs> okay. And they are all like animal humanoids. What? Whoa! So you've got like a lion dude and like a sweet looking elephant guy. Dude, that looks legitimately like I was when you at first you said it, I was like a tiny bit concerned that it would look cool. I was that concern was ill founded. No, dude, those guys look, look awesome. Great. Yeah, there's like a cat person, uh, like a lion dude. What looks to be a shark? Yeah, that's the shark and lady. like a. Yeah, like a shark lady and an elephant. And does the red guy turn into anything and we just haven't seen it uh, yet? I think he turns into a lion. There's all, that would be weird. Oh, wait, no, there's, there's already, already a lion. lion. I, Maybe he's a dragon? Well, he's a, he is like a bird dude, like an eagle ranger or a hawk or something. Oh, okay. He actually yeah, looks right a on. lot awesome. like, um, like he's got like Jetman wings, sort of. Oh, Cool. Yeah, no, I think I might just watch this show. Yeah, dude, like, it looks not to pretty cool. Or anything. It just looks legit awesome. Uh, their Zord looks like it was made in Minecraft, which is a little weird, but listen. Okay, that's weird. Like, there is no way to judge these shows until you have seen them, because yeah, yeah, this is the 40th year of Super Sentai. So, like, they just make weird stuff and build a show around it. Like, the one about <laughs> trains was really about, like, right. the power of friendship and imagination. I feel like on some level they're all about the power of friendship and imagination. Yeah, but the the train one was specifically about the power of imagination. Oh, okay. Uh, Tokquer, I think it was called. T-O-Q-U-E-R. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I watched a bit of it. It was Bananas. <laughs> awesome. Actually, so speaking of Bananas Sentai Show, Matt, we should probably... Yes, we should watch our Bananas watch. Sentai Show. Um, today we're watching episode 18... Uh, we're going to get to it right after the break. Uh, the episode is called Guy Dies. Wait, what? Yep. We'll be right back. Oh. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 18, Guy Dies. Uh, Dave, why don't you tell us what happens in this episode? Uh, Guy Dies. Yep, okay. Show's over. <laughs> um, okay, so what we actually see in this episode is uh, Guy does die, predictably not forever, but he does totally die. Uh, we see the end of both Humanigate and Empress Jusa. So let's just get right into it. Yeah, so we start if with you... a quick recap of what happened last time, which is right. very kind of them. I don't feel like we always get that. 
But I'm glad that we did uh, this time because it's a lot of crazy stuff. So if you don't recall from last week, Empress Juza is the queen of the Virum, and she has awoken after a sort of restful slumber. And she has a crazy egg that has a monster hatching in it that is fed by human suffering. So she has been blasting people all over the city with a beam that causes crystals to grow out of their skin uh, for no discernible reason aside from that it hurts. Yeah, and is like mega gross. And is super gross. So Guy gets hit with this beam uh, and he has crystals growing out of his skin. Radigat, in the meantime, has rebelled against Empress Juza, and she levies upon him the worst punishment that she can think of, which is that he becomes a human. So last episode, we left off, and this girl had found Humanigate, is what we're calling him, sitting on, or like lying on the beach with no memory of anything. Right. And that's when we just like pick right up from there. So we start there, and the girl has brought him up from the beach to, like, a sick bed in this, like... I can't tell if it's her house or if it's, like, a health clinic, but in any case... I think it's supposed to be her house. Because she, I think, is, like, terminally ill. Yeah, And so that's she definitely... just has, like a, like, a hospital bed in her place, and that's what yeah. Humanity is lying in. Yeah, uh... <laughs> she just said, like, I feel like maybe if I found dude just lying on the beach maybe a hospital would be in order but this girl just takes him home but she does say that the doctor had come by you know maybe it is supposed to be a health clinic i had just assumed that this dude makes house calls because this girl is clearly rich but maybe she just lives at like a rest home for invalids possibly see so anyways we this is where we find out the big thing about humanity is that not only has Empress Juza turned him into a person, she has erased his memories. So he doesn't remember anything. Yeah, and he's like this he's becomes, really trying to remember, but, you know, like, there's not, like, a special muscle memories, you right. can flex to remember that you are, like, the Count of the Virum, so. <laughs> right. Uh, so he is just, he's just a dude now. So we flip from there to we see uh, the last time we saw Guy, there were some gross crystals growing out of his skin, but he had run out of Sky Camp. And so now we see him and he's still running away and Kauri is chasing him down. And she's like, wait, no, stop. You've got to come back. He says, what do you care? You don't love me. Something, something, something. Are you just trying to like be nice to me because you know how I feel? Like I'm sick of you coddling me. Get away. Which is like, hey, listen, man, uh, I understand. I get it. Guy, you're in a rough spot right now. Uh, he's having a real bad day. Uh, we also actually have a bad day because we just got like a gross shot of like they mocked up some fake skin and then had the crystal behind it and just jam it out through the skin. Uh, it's a good special effect. Like it looks pretty cool, but it is also crazy gross. Yeah, uh, that's just going to keep happening throughout this episode. Uh, like, in my notes, just like every other line, I just have, in parentheses, gross. <laughs> um, so we get back to so, Humanigate. Right. And, uh, like, he has woken up, and he's trying to get his memories back. Uh, and the girl is like, listen, you know, I can't, you know, I can't help you with that. Um, yeah, I got nothing. Okay, so we jump back to the beach house, and Humanigate is up and about. He's managed to get out of bed, and he kind of walks downstairs, and there's a girl 
who is the same girl who found him. And she, we have no name for this girl yet, by the way. Uh, her name, uh, we will find it out later. It's Saki. Right. I, this is just like, I don't know why they do this. And it's got to just be their habit of like cutting off the last 15 and first 15 seconds of every scene. Because we have all these characters. And they're just not introduced. I think we're. I think we don't find this girl's name until I'm not joking. Like 15 minutes into a 20 minute show. Yeah, I have it in my notes about halfway through. Okay, so like 10 minutes, but still, like it's halfway over. We have no idea what this girl's name is, but her name is Saki. And so uh, Humanigan is up and about. He kind of goes down to where Saki is sitting, and she's sort of looking out over the ocean because this this house is at the beach. And he says, what's going on? Where did you find me? And she says, listen, I'm super sorry. Uh, I got nothing. Like, I literally just found you. So, like, I can't, I can't really help you. And she's got in her lap, I can't really tell. It looks like maybe it's supposed to be some sort of, like, weird crocheted, like, blanket thing. But it just looks real janky. Well, you know, it's the sort of, like, quilt that you make if you are in 1991. Like, that is the era of handicraft that that thing very clearly comes from. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so she, he holds it up and he's like, what's this thing? And she says, oh, a friend made it for me. And then just like we smash cut to them on a motorcycle. Well, because what she says is that a friend made this for me in hopes that I would get better. Oh, and that's, that's when right. he discovers that she is like has some sort of illness that is never actually defined in the episode. Yeah. So I, the idea that I get here is that she, the humanity has decided that like even if this girl is dying, he's gonna like show her a nice time. And so I guess that she has a motorcycle or he has one somehow. Somebody uh, has we, like a dirt. Somebody bike. has a motorcycle. Uh, so we see them driving on it. Uh, then we see the motorcycle is parked and the girl is playing on in the at the beach. I don't know why that's a big deal because she literally lives directly next to the beach. Uh, but I would swear this girl had never seen the ocean in her entire life. She's like tromping around in the water. She's super psyched. Well, you know, where she lives is more of like a rocky seaside, and this is actually like a sandy beach. That's the only difference that I can tell. But in any case... She's yeah, having I mean, a okay, marvelous but... day. <laughs> right. So you may humanigat, it turns out, uh, is a pretty nice dude. Yeah, when Radigate gets turned right... into a human, like he is a great guy. Yeah, he's a stand-up guy. And so she's asking him, she says, Hey, like, do you remember anything? Uh is like anything coming back? And he says, No, nah, I, I don't know. He says, But I feel like I have something important to do. Like, I have an important thing that I need to accomplish, but I don't know what it is. Now, we, of course, know that the important things he needs to accomplish are to, like, murder his queen and enslave the human race. So, like, right. we're not really rooting for him to get his memories back, but she but, is. like, a tiny bit. A tiny bit. She does. Okay. So she hands him a shell, like, just a shell off the beach, and she says, hey... If you make a wish into a shell, it will come true. I've never heard this before. Maybe this is just like a, a Japanese thing. I don't know. I mean, but it let's makes as much sense as just... any like 
you know, wishing right, well like or whatever. Right, blow out the candles, like, whatever. So let's just assume, for the sake of argument, that this is, like, a totally true thing. Like, you make a wish and into a shell and it comes true. Then she says something. And what she says is, I have only one wish. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Just one wish. And so she like whispers down into the shell and then she throws it into the ocean and she turns back and says, I wished for your memories to come back, which is very sweet. But like, it seems weird that she only has one wish. Right. Like, that's a good wish to have, but you can have more than one wish. Like, there are other shells on the beach. And you are terminally ill. (laughs) And it turns out, like, she is super terminally ill because she throws, like, she turns back to Radigat and says, like, I my wish for your memories to come back and then collapses. Immediately collapses. (laughs) Right. It's like, maybe you should have used a different wish. You could have made the memories wish later. Like, Radigat's going to be okay uh, and in fact, clearly... it's way better if he stays human again. Right. I mean, Without, she doesn't, she doesn't know, know that. that. But so we go to the beach house and uh, the doctor comes out of the room where I guess Saki has been put. And he says, it's bad. And, you know, uh, it's bad. And Humanigat turns to the old lady that lives there, who I assumed was her mother, but maybe he's like a nurse. And he's like, wait, what? What's going on? How bad is it? And the old lady says, well, she has like maybe six months to live. We're not sure. So we cut away from there to the docks. Because, of course, we are at the docks. Yeah, right. Where else would we be? Well, we could be at a quarry. But we're not. Today, we could be at today a quarry. we're at the docks. And Empress Chusa is there. And she is causing suffering. And we get a lot more gross gems sticking out of people's skin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just having a blast. So Semimaru, like the weird crystal like egg thing, grows. The uh, gentlemen arrive, they attack. Again, Juza just does not, like, she doesn't even break a sweat. She just, like, retro blasts them and then, like, she breathes fire on them, I think. I'm not, I don't totally remember. Uh, Guy manages to get closer than everybody else. Like, nobody else even manages to yeah. make a full attack. Guy somehow, like, dodges around everything and, like, launches a flying kick. And it looks like it's going to connect, uh, but it does not. Yeah, I think she just he, swats she just, him away like, with, I forget his, what she does. with her staff. Oh, oh, sorry. No, we're not at the docks here. We go to the docks later. I think we're in the park here. Uh, yeah, dude. Docks. I mean, park, honestly, quarry, the, the locale doesn't really matter. But just for yeah. <laughs> like, if you are watching this at home and you are wondering why I think that there are docks in the park, I realize now that I have made an error. Uh, listen, guys, I gotta be real. After, like, 70 episodes of watching Super Sentai, like, parks, dock, industrial park, quarry, like, it all kind of blends together a little bit into one sort of bizarre uh, amalgam of, like, fighty spot. Yeah, like, unless they're Uh, on a bus or in a haunted swamp, it's a little hard to keep track. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So... So Guy, man- like, he manages to, like, launch his flying click. Empress Juza, flying click? What? Uh, he launches a flying click. A yeah, flying sure, click, whatever. sure. Yeah. Uh, Does he so jump and then launch a flying, flying click? click. 
Um, but he doesn't land it. Empress Jesus like launches him off somewhere, and uh, and then he runs. So he like he kind of is like run stumbling away for some reason, and he sees another dude, another dude who has like crystals growing out of him, uh, and that dude is also freaking out, legit. And then and that dude then... like he just goes full crystal like. There's yeah. a flash of light, and instead of a person standing there with crystals coming out of them, it's just this pillar of crystal. Oh, it was at this point, Matt. It was at this point that I had like a wild thought that maybe Humanigat is going to become the new Black Ranger, Black Jetman, whatever. Okay. I was like, I was like, all right, guy dies, Humanigat, pretty cool dude. Maybe Humanigate becomes a black jet man. Uh, but let's move on. We'll see if that happens later. So we cut back to Beach House. Saki on her deathbed. This, I think, is actually where we find out what Saki's name is. Yeah, it's at some point in here where Radigate is saying, like, I want you to live. Why did you wish for my memories and not your own health? You are not a person who should die. Uh, Saki... Your name, like, I, th- <laughs> right. like I that like, is what my notes say. Saki. It All says, right. uh, "Why did she wish for her? Like the members not her own health. He wants her to live. Her name is Saki." Okay, so she kind of like looks at him fondly and then falls back. Clearly, she's about to go down, and then just just like a weird moment. Yeah, like Radicate holds her hand and. I don't know if he's crying or not, but, like, he's very emotional. And then she starts glowing. Well, it spreads. Like, she doesn't just randomly start glowing. Like, it spreads from his hand to the rest of her, and then she is encased in glowy uh, ness. Like, sparkly blue stuff? Yeah. Uh, and so he, he heals her. We'll, like, we'll see it in a second, but like that is what's happening. Yeah, he has so used we, like his latent Vira magic to heal her. Yeah, but yeah, he still has he has no idea how he did that. We will find out in a second. Uh, so we jump back. We see the Jetman still in the park. Uh, Denver's Jusa has left, I guess, because she was bored. Uh, and they're looking for Guy. They all split up. Kauri finds him, and he is slumped up against a tree, Feeling pretty down about things. Yeah, again, guy has been having a bummer day. Yeah. Uh, so Kauri comes up. He's like, "Ah, go away! Like, if I'm gonna die, I want to die alone." He's he, yeah, like, he's trying very dang. hard to put up a brave front. Uh, Kauri wants to help. He says, "Don't be a crybaby. It's no big deal. If I die, the sky still is blue. The earth is still round." Like. He is remarkably chill about his imminent death. Well, like I said, he's putting up a brave front, and then he remembers the guy turning into a crystal. It just completely breaks down. He's like, I am terrified. Uh, There's nothing (laughs) I can do about this. And, like, it is scaring me to death. And, like, I am about to die. I don't want to die. Oh, my gosh. And then he just runs away again. And then, well, he doesn't get very far, because it happens off screen, but we see from Kauri's face that Guy also has now just become, like, a giant crystal. Yeah, he has gone full crystal. Yeah. Uh, so Kauri freaks out, again, totally understandably. We jump to the Viram dimension and Guy is there. Dead. We, Yeah, so Guy is End dead. This is it. So, uh, sort of. Like, he's not... 
it's sort of weird. I mean, like, Guy Turns Into a Giant Pillar of Crystal would be have been a clunky title, I guess, but he's not precisely dead. Right. Well, I mean, we don't know that yet, but you're right. Uh, yeah, but it's not like he's lying there as a corpse. He's just a giant pillar of crystal. That guy, he's, okay, oh, sorry, by the way, they're not, like, in the crystal. It's not like Guy in, is encased in a hunk of crystal. He's just gone, and there's crystal instead. Yeah. So we jump to the Viram dimension. Uh, Mar- Maria is kind of berating Tran and Gray. She's like, this is terrible. How can you let this happen? Like, are you just going to keep, blah. like, kowtowing to Juza? Like, we need to do something about it. And they're like, yeah, like, we want to, but, like, you know. But seriously, though. It's not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> right. We would all be real into that happening. But it's just not feasible. So we cut away, and Humanigate and Saki are playing badminton and, like, laughing and having a wonderful afternoon. Yeah, uh, there's no net, which I don't know, like, why I care about, but it just, it like, it irked me. <laughs> so, like, it's like, let's just hit a, let's hit a, what's it called? A shuttlecock, A shuttlecock. Right? Like, let's just hit the shuttlecock back and forth. Uh, it'll be fun. But she's having a great time. And Saki, she turns to Humanigate, and she says, so first of all, she knows that, that Humanigate is the one behind her, like, miraculous healing. Yeah. And then she says, you must have lived a wonderful life for God to give you this ability. Which, first of all, is like an oddly sort of, like, religious sentiment from Super Sentai. Also... Like, why are you... How would you possibly know if he had lived a wonderful life? Maybe he made, like, some sort of dark pact for healing powers. Saki's making a lot of very big assumptions about Humanigate Well, here. that's true. But, like, you gotta remember that, like, her only experience with Humanigate is that he is a really great guy. And the doctor is up on the balcony of the beach house with the either mother or nurse slash caretaker. We never figured it out. And he's saying it's right. remarkable. It is as though she was never sick. Yeah. Uh, so Saki and Humanigat share a heartfelt hug. And he says, I no longer care about the past. I will just, I guess, is like the part of that that goes unsaid, I suppose, is I will just stay here with you and like we'll, we'll have a thing. Yeah. And so then they're we hugging. Jump. And then he starts to like have like go into like weird like pain seizures pain spasms spasms that's a better word for it yeah so he's like freaking out we jump over to juza again and this is when she's at the docks and she is laughing at people's pain and just yelling suffer over and over again uh human and so we're like we're jumping very quickly back and forth between Juza and Humanigate, Juza and Humanigate. So Humanigate is continuing to freak out, Juza is continuing to laugh, Humanigate freaks out, Juza laughs. Uh and then when we see Juza again, she is being attacked by the jetmen in their like dune buggies slash jeeps slash Akko. Akko doesn't have a vehicle, she just mans the rifle on top of Rida's Jeep thing. Yeah. Or at least she is here. I forget if she has her own thing, but it doesn't really matter. I don't think she does, and I like to think that it's because she's not old enough to have her driver's license. (laughs) Uh, So again, like, you think that it's going to work out because they've got, like, laser cannons and, like, dune buggies and stuff. Uh, Juza just, again, like, does not care. Like, she, she, yeah, she just blasts them. 
Ryu like tries to like jump at her and has a jump kick, uh, but he gets caught in her flame breath and repelled. Yeah, like the jet men are just not, you know, like they're just not any match for Empress Jusa. But Humanigate arrives. From nowhere. From literally nowhere. Like, he just runs around one of the shipping... First, okay, I want to be very clear. He runs on foot around from one of the shipping containers. Okay? Uh, So then Humanigate has a Humanicrisis, and he is seeing Empress Juza and the Jetmen, and is, like, having, like, flashy memories. Yeah, of, like, times that he has fought the Jetmen, and what happened with Juza... Okay, so here is what I am... Like, this actually is not specific to Jetman, but as he is regaining his memories, he looks like he is having just, like, the nastiest, most acute, like, stabby migraine of all time. And this happens all the... Like, any time a character regains their memories... And maybe not any time. But, like, frequently, I feel like, when a character... Yeah, they're like, ah, ah... It is though like, like memories are a memories. physical thing that are being shoved into his head. <laughs> right. Is there like any basis for this? I don't like I don't think so. I think it's just like a thing that happens on TV. Like have you ever remembered something and had it been an unpleasant experience? No matter how small. No. Well, I mean, I have I have remembered things then. I mean, it's I've <laughs> yes. I mean, I've had I've remembered things, and remembering that thing has been unpleasant. Oh, sure. But never, but like, not like, physically like an ice uncomfortable. pick in my brain unpleasant. Just like, oh, oh, I can't believe I said that to that girl. That's sort of unpleasant. Uh, better or worse than an ice pick in the brain, I leave to you to judge. But that is very much what it looks like Radigat is experiencing right now. And he remembers. He's like, oh, I am Count Radigat of the Virum. Yeah. And so then he is on a motorcycle, which he has taken time to put a helmet on, by the way. He, like, we see him on a motorcycle with a helmet on, and then the motorcycle jumps somehow into the air, and he, like, bike checks Empress Jusa as he's, like, flying past her. He lands, gets off the bike, takes off the helmet, and says... I am Radigat, the Virum Count. And then he turns into, like, he recovers his Virum form and attacks. Right. Now, Saki is also here, and she sees him do this. And she freaks out. Yeah, she is, she's not into it. Yeah, I mean, like, legit. Uh, Humanigan is, like, an okay-looking dude. He looks sort of like if Anthony Bourdain were Japanese. Okay. I feel like... He just, I don't know, he looks like Japanese Anthony Bourdain. And so he's then like Radigan, a bad looking of course, dude. looks like a weird monster. I mean, he's not in his weird monster form, but, you know, he's got blue skin and, like, like yeah, bangs like, and stuff. He's got, like, his weird, like, headdress thing with, like, blah, blah, blah. And is occasionally a so, weird bat. Yeah, who is occasionally, like, a terrifying bat person. So now, for some reason, maybe Juza is weakened enough, but he attacks Empress Juza and... And does manage to bring her down. Like, he he gets a couple of shots in, and she is on the ropes. And the Jetmen are watching this, and they're just like, I have no idea what to do here. Um, yeah. Do we help him? Do we help just, her? Like, they're just like what is going on here? Awesome. 
Well, not for long, though. Not for long, because Radigat turns to them and he says, hey, shoot her in the head, which seems like a given. But he specifically says, shoot her in like her crystal, like her forehead crystal thing. So they all pull out their bird blasters. Uh, they shoot her in the forehead. Her crystal thingy explodes. And then... Uh, her crystal thingy is weakened. And then Kauri... Oh, that's right. ...pulls out her sword and, like, jump attacks it. And that's when the crystal breaks. Yeah, so she kind of... Empress Juzo with, like, a really nasty-looking gash on her forehead. Yeah, well, she was very not happy about it because she says, like, damn you, my face, unforgivable. I was glad to see an unforgivable. It's been a little while, hasn't it? Seen. It's been a little while since something was unforgivable. So it's nice, uh, you know, everything old is new again. So she freaks out, Empress Juzo does, and oh. turns into demon beast. And Jusa. we get a quick cutaway to uh, Sky Camp where they have dragged the crystal that previously had been Guy. And when the crystal breaks on uh, Empress Juice's forehead, Guy turns back into Guy. And we would assume, like, I think we get, like, one or two quick cuts of other people, and they're also fine. Yeah. So when this crystal's broken, like, everybody's saved. So Empress Juza turns into Demon Beast Juza. She does some sort of attack... And they were at the docks, and now they are in a quarry. Like, there's no... There's not even, like, a travel cut. Yeah, like, Like, listen, when we said earlier that it was hard to keep track of this stuff, it is because the show does not do us any favors. I did have a sudden idea, though, Matt. I just thought of this. Okay. So normally, when we jump from, like, a park or an industrial park or, like, whatever to a quarry... It's in the middle of a fight after somebody has just launched some big explodey attack, right? Sure. Maybe, just maybe, the idea is that the attack has literally exploded everything around them and all that's left is like stony rubble. And so that's why they're always in a stone quarry. Maybe, or maybe it just hit them so hard that it like knocked them across town into a quarry. I mean, like, now that would require that they I, always get knocked towards quarries uh, to make sense. My but my understanding is that they're that this that wherever they live is literally full of quarries. I just like it's a little graspy. I'm just man, like I want there to be some explanation, even though there most assuredly is not. So they're in a quarry, right? Right. Uh, guy arrives, and then like. Like, oh, dude, it's better than that, because what happens is the deist, what, the deist, the demon beast, Juza, is, like, starting to attack, and then the other Viram commanders show up, and they attack her, and she's like, wait, you're betraying me as well? And then How as she's you? dealing with that, Guy flies in in his uh, jet machine, like, jumps out, cross-changes, lands, and as he lands, just stabs Juza straight through the torso. Yeah, it's pretty great. So he, uh, so she is kind of like reeling. Guy rejoins the other jetman. He says, "Quickly, the fire bazooka or the jet striker is what it's called." He's just jet striker. I think it's also says, called yes, the fire striker. bazooka. I this thing has a lot of different names, dude. They have absolutely called it the fire bazooka. But when Ryu calls it down, he's like jet striker. And so maybe it's also the Jet Striker. I just want to say again, I love this thing. Dude, it's like a it's dude buggy great. that turns into a four-man fire cannon. It's incredible. And it shoots like a 
Firebird at something. Uh, yeah, so they blast Empress Juzu with the Jet Striker, and giant explosion. They assume that she's dead, and uh, and everybody heads home. Except, bum bum Except. bum, she's not actually dead. Well, she's not dead yet. We cut to a beach, which I swear to you is the same beach. Uh, from the beginning of the episode that was outside the beach house, but I guess it's supposed to be a different beach now. Uh, yeah, I, dude, you know, I'm not totally sure, but I think so, maybe? And we see Empress Juza sort of clawing her way up on top of the rocks. So she has, like, she has managed to survive. And the uh, Semimaru is about to be born. So, like, the egg thing sort of separates from the tentacle that it had been attached to and falls to the ground. And she picks it up and is like, all right, like, this is great. Yeah. Except uh, Radigat has found her. And Radigat, so Radigat has decided to deal with the situation uh, very quickly. Uh, he throws his giant sword and it lands lodged in Empress Juza's neck. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty. Like, I was kind of expecting uh, although, there to be more of like a final fight, but there was not. Yeah, they, he just ends it. Although there was something that I thought was pretty cool is that in her defeated state, I guess Empress Juza is sort of still half in her demon beast Juza form. Like she's mostly the Empress, but like her one arm is like weird and demon beasty, which I thought was a cool touch. Yeah. So. Radigat, he finishes off Empress Juza. He picks up Semimaru. He turns and he's like, ah, yes, now I control Semimaru. He turns to the side. Saki, for some reason, is there. And she says, like, please, I beg you, like, return. I want you to be human again. You were such a great guy. Something, something, something. Yeah, like, you were someone who knew happiness and you knew how to love. That's right. Like, please come back to me. And you can see his face is starting to turn from, like, his blue Radigat face to, like, his human face. It's But, like, this was super cool because, like, his ears are still blue. So it's like it starts with his face and shifts back. But he starts to turn back into a human. And then he turns around. He turns back to her. And he says, me, human? Like, I'm Radigat, the Viram Count. And then he just kills her. Yeah, he just zaps her with blue flame and she dies. Uh, I have said it before. I will say it again. Jetman is raw. Yeah, I did not. Like, I really thought that he would, like, turn away and, like, walk away and she would be, like, standing there crying. I did not just expect, like, blue energy fire immolation. Uh, but that's what he does. Yeah, that is so she's exactly dead what now. we get. And then we see uh, Radigat sitting by the beach. The Semimaru thing hatches. And it's, like, a weird caterpillar thing yeah and he, he makes a like, note that like ah you will grow quickly but for now it does just look like a little monster caterpillar it's kind thing. of adorable actually it like it looks like a pokemon you know what that is exactly what it looks like uh i can't think of which one because i'm uh, my pokemon game is sort of weak it looks like a weird it looks like a chromo variant caterpie thank you caterpie is what i'm gonna say sure i got you uh, anyway, and that's the episode. Yeah, that's 
Yup. Semi-Maru murders the one person in his universe that's been nice to him Riding and then name? hatches. Yeah, sorry. What did I say? Semi-Maru. Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm sure Semi-Maru is also going to murder a bunch of people. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so that's it for for this crazy episode of Jetman. So, Dave, what is your high point this week? Uh, I think my high point this week is the rawness. Can I say that? Yeah, the realness. The realness? Yeah, Jetman brought the realness. Dude, it was raw authentic this week. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I th- like just like Radigat straight up killing Saki. I didn't expect it, did not see it coming, which I was like, I'm always delighted when I'm su- really super surprised by a TV show. Right. And it was just like, it was just a really intense piece of storytelling. Like, that was legit good TV. So that's my high point is that Radigat like turns his back and just kills Saki. Uh, Kylo Ren style. So, what was your what was your high point, man? Uh, my high point was, man. Okay, so it's one of two things. It is either like I really liked Guy in this episode. Yeah, he was awesome. Um, I really liked his like really trying to put up a brave face, uh, but then also like alternating between that and completely freaking out. Yeah. Um yeah. I thought that was cool. Like when he returned, I was very excited. Uh I it was it was nice to be able to watch an episode and like guy, especially after last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh but also that, I that really is, liked Humanigan. Nice. Yeah, Humanigan was great. I thought it was really interesting that he was just like a super good guy when he was removed from his memories and like the Virum. And, like, I don't yeah, know is... if that goodness is, like, actually within Radigat still, or if it had to do with, like, him turning into a human. Uh, but I just thought, that, thought it was a really interesting take. Yeah, I, so that, le- like, that leads all sorts of questions, like, what's the jam? Uh, is there something, like, inherently evil about the Virum? And if you're not a Virum, you're not as evil, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, who knows? Well, I mean, Rie wasn't evil, but Maria is, so... There you go. Anyway... We will find out as this show continues. Uh, so what was your low point? Okay, uh, my low point this episode, and it's something we've kind of touched on before, but this is like the most blatant slash egregious example I think we've ever seen, okay. is the fight cut to the quarry. Like, we've, okay, so we've seen this before where like they shift locales. But usually it's like, oh, they were in a park and there were some rocks like off in the distance and now they're in a quarry. This was just like a wholesale, complete shift of scene. With just like, just like in with the middle no of regard that scene. For any sort of narrative. They're like, we were here and now we're here. Deal with it, nerds. <laughs> uh, and it was just, like, it was very jarring. So that's, I mean, like, that's really it. It's, like, a pretty binder thing, because, like, ultimately, who cares? But it did it did drive me, like, a tiny bit nuts. Um, how about you, man? I would see. Well, mine was going to be that this episode is kind of impossible to follow at times, but, uh, like, you've already kind of yeah, covered well, that. Yeah, It is tough to follow, because they just pay so little attention to the continued narrative of the show. Uh, in that case, did I was my low point last week that the crystal thing was super gross? Uh, it may have been. 
It's legit to do it twice. It's super yeah, gross. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't have a lot of low points with this one. I like this episode a lot. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to say that, like, it's still gross, and I still don't like looking at it. Yep. That's totally fair. Okay, do we have anything else? Or are we going to wrap this up? I think that's it, man. It's- okay. Jetman. Uh, that is going to do it for another episode of the Jetman with a Golden Gun. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or reach out to us on Twitter, we're at supersentibros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. If you have done so, thank you very much. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week.